Greetings and welcome to Amazing Love, the webcast voice of Turning Point Community Church in Turner, Oregon. Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Eels. We welcome you to attend our Sunday morning services at 11 a.m. at Turner Elementary School Gym. And now, let's hear God's Word together in a recent message I gave at Turning Point. When everything's said and done, it is not about us, is it? It's about the Lord. It's all about Him and for His glory, for His renown. And what we get to do in eternity, we get, to, we get to stand around, we get to bow before the Lord with other brothers and sisters in Christ because of what God did in Sierra Leone through Turning Point Three Mile, which is fathomable to think about. For, for eternity, we get to worship with others our Lord who saved us because He died in our place for our sins, but also not just for ours, but for everyone around the world. So th- that's just an amazing thing. So there's, here's this thing about decisions. There's certain things that we just don't want to turn a blind eye to. Be- because for me, it's, I think it's maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's just me, but man, when, when that little, uh, on, on the TV, that, that commercial with the, with the dogs aren't doing too well, and they got that lady singing the song, I mean, it, it gets emotional. What's the easiest thing for me to do? Where's Sports Center at? Turn the channel. I'm, I'm going to turn the channel. That's, that's easy for me not to look at. But for me, okay, dogs are one thing. Okay, dogs are great. We've got a dog and a cat. But, but here's this whole thing. We're talking about people in Sierra Leone with eternities, with souls. What, what's happened over there with Ebola and what's taking place, just the different levels of that. And our, our youth have been a part of Pastor Brian and Kendra and the youth have been to Haiti. There's different levels of poor. Poor is poor. I mean, it's poor. Um, and also I have, I have a good friend that I met in June of 2016 who's now in the Middle East in Kurdistan. He, he met a, a lady who is from um, South America. She has a ministry over in Kurdistan. And so he, he was born in Cameroon. He was in Sierra Leone. Now he's over in the Middle East. And I'm on the phone with him on WhatsApp, and I'm, I'm talking to him, and, and, and I'm doing whatever I can to help him. He says, man, Brad, it's what you're doing in Sierra Leone, we, we want you to come and do in, in the Middle East. I'm thinking, wow, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking that through and praying that through. But this is what he said. He said, the theology over here is rough. It, like they, they don't understand. Like there's people who want to do the right thing, but they don't understand. They don't have theology. And while he's telling me that, I'm being convicted. Like, man, when's the last time I read a good theology book? That, that's what's happening to me. So I, I picked up Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology, 1,100-page book, and I'm already on page 76, all right? I'm, I'm going, I, I, I'm just because the whole thing is like, I have opportunity. I have opportunity because where God has me, and, and there's different people around the world that want to and so i there's different things like you can uh, have on my ipad that i can email off that are pdfs that they're, they're, they're books that are on pdf form like like john piper's book don't waste your life I, I get i can send that over to him over in the middle east i get to send different books that i have just to say hey here's some things that we can do and want me to week, weekly meet with him over the phone and maybe with some other leaders and do different things and so okay there's decisions there's, there's these decisions that we, we all have. And some, some decisions we make really aren't that big a deal. Okay, am I going to have hot sauce or mild sauce with my tacos? So you can go either way with that, you know. But, but there's different things that there's some weight. There's some weighty things that we have that we have to make decisions on. And, and that's kind of where we're at and we find ourselves today. Um, and, and Matthew, this is a passage that I, I'm going to probably... Um, 
look at maybe twice a year, but here it is, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. It's, it's a passage that has, I want to look at the word compassion, and, and from there looking at the areas of decisions that we make. But here in Matthew chapter, five, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, It says, and Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. So here's Jesus. He's going through every town and every village. You you just have this image like he's going through, like he's not missing one, like like he's not taking a detour. We're like, hey, we're going to go in this region here because this is what I'm called to do. Like, Like Jesus left the safety of heaven and came to earth because he wanted to do this like he's our savior so he left a perfect place to come to an imperfect place which is incredible so he didn't say hey i'm gonna i'm gonna skip over this place i'm gonna skip over this group of people no i'm going to do this and so here it is, here's jesus and the, these are the words he says when he saw the crowds he had compassion for them so when he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And so here's this word compassion. Like when you have something that stirs within us, there's different things that we can talk ourselves out of so many different opportunities or decisions to do certain things just because when I'm tired. Like, like, like my, my, my week's been hectic. Like uh, there's been so many different things going on that I, like we can talk ourselves out of so many incredibly God-given responsibilities that he's entrusting to us opportunities to make him known. The story, f- for those who maybe remember, the story for Sierra Leone, I was asked to go to Sierra Leone for seven or eight years before that. Every year I was asked, not to, I, I was asked to go to Sierra Leone. I would just say no just because my good friend Bob Thompson got this infection from something he doesn't know what he got from and he almost killed him so he said brad you promised me this i go what if they ever ask you to go to sierra leone you tell them no i said fair enough that's not a problem and, and I, I i did that and until i started reading a book like oh, here i'm reading books again i'm reading this book it says doing the hard thing and so i was asked in january of 2016 um Brad, uh, do you want to go to Sierra Leone? I'm, I'm, I'm ready to say no. I mean, like the words, I, I could see them coming out of my mouth. Like they're ready to come. I said, um, l- let, me, let me think about it. Just because I'm reading this book about doing the hard things. And, and so as I prayed about it, there really wasn't a good reason not to just because my friend told me to. So I, how, how would that even look come, come the judgment seat of Christ? Like I, you're going to stand in front of the Lord and give an account for your life. Brad, I wanted you to go to Sierra Leone. Why didn't you go? Um, that guy over there, Bob Thompson, he told me not to. Like, that, that's going to be great. So here it is, this responsibility of, of doing So here is the word compassion. W- what do you do when you have compassion? And we see what the Lord does. And hey, hey, as followers of Christ, as disciples of the Lord, we want to be like him, right? We want to do everything that he's calling us to do what and to be like. And so another uh, passage in, in, in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 43, we, we see here with, Joda, with Joseph and his 11 brothers. So he, he was the youngest. I, mean, he, well, I guess it was with his 10 older brothers. He had a younger brother, Benjamin. But with his older brothers, they, they sold him into slavery. And, and so he, here they are. They're, they're showing themselves before Joseph because now he is second in command. And he, he sees them. And, and what does he do because of what they've done to him? That's what Joseph said. Hey, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. And he f- forgave. Wow. 
he forgave them for, for selling them in him into slavery and, and all these different things that he went. Go, just read through end of Genesis what, what the Lord did in his life. And, and what we see in the word of God with Joseph is that the Lord was with him. In, in the dungeon, the Lord was with him. Wherever he went, the Lord was with him. And, and here he is, second in command, and he sees his brothers. And we see in Genesis uh, 43, verse 30, when Joseph saw that, it said, Then Joseph hurried out, for his compassion grew warm for his brother. And he sought a place to weep, and he entered his chamber and went there. So there's just this thing that, God, would you move within us? What, what would you have us to do? And, and so even today, what, what's the Lord going to have us to do? Here's decisions in, in people's lives, because this is the thing. We live in America I thank the Lord I live in America because I wasn't, I did not ask to be born in America. No, no different than different ones weren't asked to be born in Sierra Leone or different places. We, we're, so God, thank you that I am. But there's different things that, that has happened growing up because our culture does certain things. We, we get lied to all the time. There's different things that try to disciple us and for us to be a disciple of the Lord God, what do you want us to do with what you've entrusted to us? Because God, I don't want to go after the American dream. I want to go after what you're calling me to do and how you want me to live, how you want me to use my time and my resources because the American dream is not a dream. It, it can be a curse because it can stop us from being effective and full-on disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's what God's calling us to be and calling us to do. Another, another pa- part in, um, in the passage or in the New Testament with Matthew um, 14, 14 talks about compassion. It says this, when Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. He didn't turn a blind eye and say, hey, it really, really stinks to be you. I'm sorry you're in that condition, you're in that state. And so one of the things that I, I just am thankful about with, with Turning Point, one of the many things is even what took place last weekend with the back to school giveaway. Uh, this is probably our 12th, maybe 13th year. We, we didn't go back and count uh, of, of doing this. And, and this past week, what we usually get is after the event's over, different ones call, hey, can we have backpacks and school supplies? Hey, we have some backpacks left. There's some school supplies to see what we can do. And, and there was this one um, gal that called for her daughter and said, hey, we'll be, back, we'll be down on Friday to come and get a backpacks that's mainly what they were going to have backpacks so the school supplies for her wasn't as much and they showed up and it was one of those situations that's kind of unique because they come in and i said oh i have the backpacks over here on the table i said oh the little girl came in this is great i get to have a second backpack well what do you do you, you bite your tongue for a moment and just say hey what's you know processing because second backpack maybe she needs one for, i don't know what she needs one for we're just kind of go through that and i was showing them the backpacks and the gal said this, after I got off the phone with you, I called Salvation Army and they had backpacks and school supplies. We don't need backpacks and school supplies. I just felt me and my husband just wanted to come and just say thank you for your willingness to give us a backpack and we just want to pray a blessing over you and your church. Fantastic. So the little girl didn't know what was going on. Mom and dad didn't. And, and so it's kind of this whole thing is like, what we want to do, we want to review to others that there's a God who loves and people who care. We want to be able to be a part of people's lives. What takes place, um, I think it is, tomorrow is the homeless ministry, is that correct? And so we get to be part of what's taking place underneath the bridge the last Monday of each month when different ones are in need of certain things, be able to do what we can. Can everyone do everything? No. 
but, but, but you can do something, right? We, we can all do something. That's kind of the whole thing is like, like what, what is the Lord asking us to do and for us to be a part of it? Because not everyone can do everything, but I can do something. And I don't want to turn a blind eye. So that's where the back to school giveaway started because everyone said, hey, this is what we can do. We can help different ones in need. Here's this homeless ministry that, that Dan's been a part of 15 years, if, if not more. And just be, he's down there almost every night. I know it's been an incredible ministry that takes place underneath the, the bridge. It's just been a profound thing that um, my family's been a part of, I don't know, for how many years now. And just to be able to do that. It's just different things that God's laid on our hearts to be able to do. But this is the thing is this. Um, my, my question as we look at, look at the outline here in a, in a moment is this. Who are those in your life that need Jesus Christ? So we're going we're gonna to talk about this because this is the thing, like, like, like eternity is a long time. It's forever. It is forever. And this is the thing, is like this is what Christ came to do. Christ came to die for our sins. We're sinners. We're lost without Jesus Christ, and Christ came to die for us. And, and so when we come and when we gather together, we're worshiping, we're worshiping the Lord. We're worshiping what Christ did, and we're asking the Lord to do a work in our hearts and our minds. And, and so when we look at this, number one is this seemingly little things do make a big difference. Little things make a big difference. What are some things that you are, different ones in your life, maybe for those that you go to school with, those that you work with, those that you are just around, what is something you can do to others to make a difference in their life? Because it matters. It matters. So small things in the hands of a big God make a big difference. Um, we're so often devalue things because it seems so small or insignificant, but, but they're never forgotten. Maybe it's just a, a word, or maybe it's just a text, maybe it's just something in the mail just to say, hey, I'm thinking about you, I, I'm care, I care about you. Some other things like even a small attitude adjustment can make a big difference in a relationship. Just, just a small attitude adjustment that makes a huge difference. A small change in spending habits can make a big difference in your bottom line. A small shift in your thinking can make a big difference in your attitude. A small investment can yield great returns. A small change in your diet can make a big difference in your health. These different things, the, the, the little things can make a big difference. A small change in your exercise routine can result in big uh, fitness leaps. And this is the thing, we rarely move big distances in one jump. We normally make small, incremental steps. We want to think about this even in the r- relation to reading the Word of God. Because here, here's the, the Middle East, different ones say, hey, we, we, they don't, there's the theology is lost. Or even here in America, we, we have Bibles. We have Bibles here. We have Bibles on our, on our phones. We have Bibles all over the place. Like, like to even to read the Bible through. If you want to read the Bible through in a year, thinking, how, man, that, that would take, how many chapters would that take? Well, if you would d- do the math, it's just over three chapters a day you can read the Bible through in a year. Three chapters. So when you get to Psalm 19, it's going to take a little bit longer, but, but still the whole, the whole thing is this. Spending time with the Lord. Be- because you know what? We need to allow the Lord to direct us. We, we need to get, allow God and His truth to be what's stirring our affections for Him because we get to told a lot of other things around us all the time. So the actions of a few impact many. So just f- where you find yourself at, to be able to give a voice to those in your life, for us not to turn a blind eye or just to, just to, just to put the earmuffs on. And so one of the things that kind of made me think about that was I was reading in a book, and it talked about uh, this, um, talked about what took place in 1964 in New York City. In 1964, in New York City, there was a, a gal uh, named Kitty 
Genophysi. She was chased by her assailant and attacked three times in the street over half an hour. And they find out later that this is what it says, is that there were 38 witnesses or people who knew what was going on on various levels, 38 different people in 1964. And this is the thing. It says, during the time, however, none of the 38 witnesses called the police. The case provoked rounds of self, re, uh, uh, just going through different crime. Why did it happen? It became a symbolic of the cold, dehumanizing effects of urban life. Like no one called. And so there's different things that they say, hey, this is what caused it and what, what happened, what took place. But, it, but what, what was interesting is this. They, they did different things later on, different experiments. For example, maybe there was a, a student was in a room alone and, and they staged an epileptic fit. And while there was just one person in the room listening, that person, that student came to that aid 85% of the time, if there was one person. But if there was a, four people in a room when it happened, only 31% of the time does someone come to help. It's kind of interesting. Like, like there was smoke coming out of a door. And it said in this experiment, it said this, that um, 75% of the time, something would, someone would do that if they're by themselves, but if they, were, if they were with a group of four or more, only 38% of the time because they were w- with a group. Kind of baffling, isn't it? So, so for us to get to this place like, like, what, what's stopping me from doing something that the Lord's calling me to do? Am I, I'm afraid of what somebody else is going to think about me in a group or in a setting. Or, or w- what is it? So it goes back to the, the fear of man or the fear of the Lord. Like, God, I, I want to do this. Like, like, this is the thing. Like, we're going to stand before, as believers, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for our lives. Like, like, God, this is what you entrust to me, what you want me to do. And I want you to be motivated because you love me, that you're calling me to do certain things and not just stand idly by and think this. Like, someone else is going to take care of it. We could think that, can't we? Like, like if we're going to say, hey, in two months, this is what we're going to do, and we can make this announcement as a church, what's going to happen is it's, oh, so-and-so is going to, somebody else is going to take care of it, right? We, we can think that, but this is the thing is this. Like, we have to say, hey, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? But what is more beautiful is this, like the Lord has put people in your life and in my life to be a witness to. And sure, there's other people out there that love Jesus that are there, but, but, but this is the thing, like this is an opportunity and even a responsibility that God's given to me to do this, to be his hands and be his feet. And I'm not gonna allow, as they call it, the, the herd mentality, like someone else is gonna take care of it. Someone else is going to talk to them, but I'm going to take it on as a responsibility because this is the opportunity that God's given to me in my life where I'm at. And so here comes October. Pastor Brian and I get to go to Sierra Leone, and this is a responsibility that God's placed on us, and I want to feel the weight of that to be able to represent the Lord well in Sierra Leone. There's other believers there. There's other ones that come in every month, but I want to do my best. I want to do my best. And this is what I want to go after. I want to serve him well. And this is the thing that what I love, even with us being, um, my family being on vacation earlier this month with, with um, Pastor Brian and, and Scott preaching. And they give it our best. Well, that's what we want to do week in and week out. When we come together, we want to give the Lord our best. Be it worship with whomever God has leading us in worship. Be it whoever's preaching, be able to proclaim well who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us, what he's calling us to do. So number two is this. There, there are influences that impact your decision. And this the thing is this. Would you spend some time wondering, hey, what is impacting my decision here? Why am I feeling 
afraid? Why am I feeling fearful? Why am I feeling this way? What is causing this to happen? And what is the Lord wanting me to do in spite of that? So fear, fear is huge. Um, first time going to Sierra Leone, it was, it was, it was overwhelming. Second time, it was overwhelming. Third time, overwhelming. This time, it, it is because it's just a cultural shift like nobody's business. My, my daughter went with me last time. Pastor Brian's been with me. I've been with Pastor D. But there's still these different things. And in spite of being overwhelmed, I know this, that the Lord is with me. In spite of what you feel, what, what is holding you up, the Lord is with you and will give you strength to do what he's calling you to do. There's influences that impact your decision. And underneath number two is this, something or, some, something or someone is, is guiding, controlling, and directing what you do and what you don't do. Something or someone's going to be here guiding, controlling, and directing. And this is the thing where I want you to do this in my life. I want you to guide and control and direct me. Uh, in a moment, we're going to look at Luke chapter 6. Before we do that, we, we understand this, that salvation is all about the grace of God. There's absolutely nothing that you can do to save yourself or earn God's favor. There's nothing. There's nothing. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians said, By grace you've been saved through faith and it's not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast. No one can brag about their salvation. Nobody. No one can brag about his or her good works because of our works cannot save us. Salvation comes through the grace of God as we place our faith in Jesus Christ. All salvation requires is faith. So I want you, I want you to catch this. So all salvation requires is faith. Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? But keep this in mind. While this is simple, it's not easy. Faith in Jesus Christ means believing that he is Lord. Romans 10, 9. So have you ever thought about what it, what it means, what, what the word Lord means? We sometimes think of it as another name for God, but it's actually a title. It refers to a master, owner, or a person who is in a position of authority so take a minute to think about this. Do you really believe that Jesus is your master? Do you believe that Jesus is your master? Do you believe that he is your owner, that you actually belong to him? Paul is so bold to tell us in 1 Corinthians, you are not your own, you were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. The same Lord who by his grace set us free from sin and death is now owns us. We belong to him. And he calls us to live in obedience to his rule. So the problem is, many in the church want to confess that Jesus is Lord, yet they don't believe that he is their master. D you see what's happening here. Like, yeah, he is Lord, but, he, but he's not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do my own thing. There, there is a problem with that. So there's a contradiction in this. The call to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is open to everyone, but we don't get to write our own job description. If Jesus is Lord, then he, he sets the agenda. If Jesus Christ is Lord, then your life belongs to him. He has a plan and an agenda and is calling, and, and calling for you. You don't get to tell him what you will be doing today or for the rest of your life. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is my Lord. He's my master, so I get to trust him fully, but I get to do this. I'm going to follow after him wherever he calls me to, to go. Be a... Sierra Leone, maybe down the road, maybe it's going to be the Middle East. I shudder sometimes, thinking about it. That's like, but this is the thing, I'm, I'm not my own. So even kind of the sowers kind of have a picture of that, wherever the Lord calls you guys to go and to serve, you, you're, you're going to call, we're going to do what you call us to do. So here in Luke chapter 6, 46, says this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? 
whew, that, that's pretty huge. Think about that. So you're going to call me Lord, Lord, and, and you're not going to do what I tell you. And then, he, and then here's what, the Lord, what Jesus says. It says this, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show them what it's like, what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the streams broke against that house, he could not shake it because it had been built well. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground with, without a foundation. When the streams broke against it, Amelia fell, and the ruin of the house was great. It's pretty amazing to think about. So God, I, this is the thing. I, I need you to be my, everything, my foundation, my life directing me. Number three this morning is this. Uh, God in his word has called you to look beyond yourself. We, we see that in scriptures. We see that in scripture. And so this is what I'm asking us to do collectively is to decide daily to be on mission with God. Here's Jesus going throughout every town and village and synagogue, teaching, but he's doing this. Move with compassion, being moved with compassion. So decide daily to be on mission with God, to love people and use things. And this is the thing, I wrote this down. Don't, don't turn it around. Don't turn it around and love things and use people. How easy is that for us to do? But for us to love people, use things. Not, not to use people and, and to love things. And number four is this. A life framed by God and his values will make an eternal impact. And so collectively, Lord, we want to do this. We want to make decisions that make an eternal impact. We, we don't want to just exist we don't want to just exist on Sundays and then go throughout our week and do our thing and come back on another Sunday. No, we as a, the bride of Christ, as a body of believers, we want to make an eternal difference every day. And so here's a question even to ask ourselves is this, what are the values frame in your life? What's, what's making, what's deciding your decisions? Is it God and his word? Is, is it sin? Is it popularity? Is it success? Is it people pleasing? What is it that's framing what's making our decisions. And as we close this morning, one more question just to think about and spend time with is this, what are you allowing to guide, control, and direct your heart, mind, and soul? What are you allowing? And for us to get to this place to be more aware of what God wants us to do. And in those areas that you're going the wrong direction, this is what's beautiful, the word repent. Repent. It's, I'm, I, we get to repent. We get to go back the other direction. We get to go the other way. We get to repent. Sometimes people say words like repent and sin. Like that, those are like horrible words. Those are the most beautiful words because this is why Christ came so we can have life. So that we get to repent because of what Christ did for us. We get to go a different direction than what the world's calling us to go into. I'm going the direction after Jesus. I'm going to repent. And when God in his word is calling us to do something differently than what we're doing, we get to repent from our sins and we get to trust and turn and follow after Jesus. And so this week, this week, my, my um, desire for us as we make decisions and as we continue to look at things that God's entrusted to us is this, allow the Lord to direct us. Don't, don't take the easy way or, or don't just do what someone's told you to do eight years ago because it was maybe too dangerous or too difficult to do. But what is the Lord asking of you to do because he is our Lord. He's our master. He's our owner. And this is a beautiful thing. The Lord always has our best interest in mind. It's beautiful. Amazing love. Thanks for listening to Amazing Love, the webcast voice of Turning Point Community Church in Turner, Oregon. I'm Pastor Brad Ilse, encouraging you to join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. 
For more info, look us up on Facebook under our church name, Turning Point Community Church. Until our next time together, God be with you.